Hello and welcome back to another week of the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee. You are in the right place if you are looking to spruce up your skincare routine in 2022 and pick up on some K-beauty tips, tricks, and all the latest news from Korea. That is what we talk about on this show. Uh, A big warm welcome if you are joining us for the first time. If you are an old hat, if you have been around for a while, hopefully you would have heard on last week's shows that we are now dropping two episodes a week. So from now on, we are going to be doing on Tuesdays, basically just a little bit of a look at what's going on in the news, new releases, question of the week, that type of thing. And then on Thursday's episode, we are going to be taking a deep dive into a specific part of either the industry, uh, latest trends, skincare, makeup advice, uh, all of those sorts of things. So I have a lot of different different kinds of topics uh, in the works for this year as well. I know we've tended to focus up until now mainly just on uh, skincare, a little bit of makeup. So what I want to do this year is take more of a look at sort of the broader parts of the beauty industry in Korea. So what's going on in nail trends, eyelash trends, eyebrow trends, hair, all of that sort of stuff, and just take maybe a bit of a more well-rounded look at the industry uh, and, you know, trends outside of skincare. So obviously some of these things are going to be more specific to what's going on here in, you know, Seoul in particular at the moment. But just to give you guys, I guess, a more well-rounded idea of what's trending, what's hot, what's not. Uh, So that's my plan. So if that sounds like something that you want to hear about, then stick around. Make sure you hit subscribe uh, so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. That way, when they drop into the feed, they will just automatically come up as an update on your phone or however else you're listening. Probably phone, I would say, if it's an update. I don't know if they can do updates on computer yet. Maybe they can. Uh, Anyway, so look, on to this Tuesday's episode. Now, I have a bit of exciting news for my US-based followers, or listeners rather, and that is that this week's podcast is brought to you by some new Katie Beauty releases that are now available on Very Shop. That is V-E-R-I shop.com. You can now shop the hottest trending brands from Korea, including Jellico and Subi Beauty on VeryShop.com now. So if you've been looking to get your hands on some stuff in the States, go and check out veryshop.com. All right, now onto the news headlines, the Korean news headlines for this week. The South Korean Ministry of Food and Drug Safety has uh, suggested a ban on the use of a couple of different compounds in cosmetics called perfluorinated compounds, and also they have banned the use of persistent organic pollutants, which are sometimes referred to as POPs. So I actually, I saw the news headline and I was like, hold on a minute. Okay, so we're banning things in cosmetics, right? We're back to that old chestnut. Uh, But what are persistent organic pollutants? I've not heard that term before. So basically what they are talking about is carbon-based chemicals that 
last in the environment for a long time so you know they don't kind of disappear so they can potentially damage things like environment wildlife and people so that's what they're talking about and then they've also added eight perfluorinated compounds to their prohibited substances list now I won't go through them because they won't really make sense to most people unless you're sort of working in this area, but I will include a list of the eight compounds on uh, the show notes for today. So if you are interested in finding out what those are, uh, just to give you a little bit of a flavor for it, one of them is called ammonium perfluoronanonate. So not really things that most people would have heard of before, but if you're interested, go and check them out. The reason I wanted to talk about this is because the the reason that the government has decided to, uh, you know, amend, I guess, the existing legislative framework is because they are trying to respond to public concern about, you know, what's in our cosmetics and clean beauty. So they're basically being pressured to ensure that cosmetic products contain no nasties. That's really what they're talking about. And I've spoken about my views on this in the past before, and that is that I just think a lot of this kind of thing is unfortunately fear-mongering and, uh, you know, consumers are scared and they think that there's you know something maybe in cosmetics that is going to really hurt them things like fragrance I see uh you know attacked a lot you know people say oh the fragrance make made me break out or something like that when in reality there are so few people in the wider population that have an an allergy for example to something like fragrance uh that really this is not a thing that most people should be worried about what they should be worried about is whether you like the particular fragrance in the product or not and i and normally when i see comments like that by you know a lot of skincare users there's just not it's not possible that this many people that are using skincare products have a genuine fragrance allergy. So it's just a preference. What they're really saying when they say, oh, this, you know, product, um, you know, doesn't agree with my skin or whatnot. They're really just saying, I don't like the fragrance of that particular product. And that is totally fine. But I think the bigger problem with the clean beauty movement uh, is that it's just an oxymoron. There is no thing, such thing as clean beauty. And, you know, a lot of the big box retailers have a lot to answer for when it comes to stuff like clean beauty because they have rating systems. And, you know, uh, if you include these chemicals, you are not clean. But if you include the rest of them, then you are and you know that then puts a lot of pressure on brands to then you know have call outs on their products saying okay well we don't include this 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 or that and it's a really really vicious cycle because you know consumers then go oh my god well have is what I've been using up until now is that dirty is that nasty is that unclean like and then it's just a perpetual cycle so I'm a little bit disappointed to see that the Korean government has then also jumped on board and basically started you know uh picking out ingredients in cosmetics that they think are unclean and they're you know trying to gravitate towards a more clean beauty angle i do see a lot of this in uh k-beauty particularly on apps like huahe uh which is one of the really really popular local apps here where people review products uh and then they also i guess uh assign a rating to them based on how clean they are and a lot of times what they're doing is they're manufacturing to the ewg standard which uh you know basically gives a green light an orange light and a red light to various different 
chemicals that go into cosmetics. So, you know, for example, a plant extract would have an EWG green grade rating of one, very safe. But then something like retinol, which most people, you know, in the Western world would agree is uh, a very well uh, studied and a well understood uh, ingredient, that's given a rating of nine and given a red flag. So I think that uh, this whole, uh, you know, I guess train, the clean beauty train, would we call it that, that everyone is jumping on at the moment, has a lot of different problems. And I wouldn't disagree with it so much if it wasn't creating even more confusion. I think when we start sort of categorizing willy-nilly ingredients as good, bad, red light, green light, that just uh, can cause a lot of problems. It's just not as simple as that is the reason. You know, in things like when we're talking about foods, I understand in Australia these days at a lot of uh, schools, they have like a red light, green light system for food. So this is like a safe food to be eating at school. And that's things like apples and bananas and, you know, fruit and veg. And then they have the red light, which is stuff like we don't want you bringing you know cookies and I don't know hot dogs and stuff like that to school I'm making this up I don't know I don't have a child at school in Australia but you know that is a little bit more black and white than saying that a particular ingredient in a cosmetic product is uh you know, problematic. It's just not as easy as that because there are so many different things that go into cosmetics to make a well-rounded, cosmetically elegant, safe formula that, you know, just picking out one tiny ingredient. And this is the thing I see over and over again with fragrance ingredients. You know, people go, oh, it's it's got fragrance in it automatically. It's a no-go for sensitive skin. And that's just not the case. That's not how formulation works. Uh, So I don't know. I am a little disappointed to see that in the news um but look i think clean beauty unfortunately does not look like it's going away anytime soon i think we just need to get a little more savvy as consumers and you know maybe even try and push back on some of the bigger retailers that are trying to introduce all of these rating systems because if the stated aim is to you know make things easier for consumers i don't think that this does that that's my personal opinion uh you know happy to hear if other people have a different opinion obviously but my personal opinion is that the whole idea of clean beauty makes things even more confusing because then people are trying to find a couple of ingredients that they know of that might be unclean and just avoiding them when you know at the end of the day maybe you don't need to avoid them you probably don't need to avoid them and you know having certain ingredients in a formula does not make it unclean having retinol in your product does not make the ingredient the ingredient or the product unclean in any way but i think these kind of rating systems force everything into or try to force everything into a neat little box that just doesn't really exist so That was the headline for this week. Uh, Come and find me if you've got thoughts. Always happy to hear yours. I am at lauren.kbeauty on Instagram. Now, question of the week, and I hope one of my Instagram followers does not mind me sharing this as the question of the week, but I just loved this question. So we have been chatting about Singles Inferno on the show, which is a new uh, Korean reality TV show about 
people dating basically it's a dating show they throw them on an island uh that they're calling like the hell island i guess inferno is how they've translated it in english and you know they go through challenges and things like that and then they can spend time in paradise with their chosen person if they win their challenges basically that's how it's working and they have to match up with each other as well there's a whole system Anyway, so this question I just thought was so great because uh, my follower said, she was like, I noticed that they're always saying things like, let's talk casually. And she was like, is that the English equivalent of saying like, let's chat? Like, it's just such an odd thing to say. We would never say that where I'm from. Like, what are they trying to say? And I knew immediately what she was talking about. So this kind of thing, you'll often see uh, it translated to like, let's talk more casually or let's, uh, you know, drop the formalities or something like that. This is a Korean language thing and you will see it if you watch uh, Korean TV, basically. If you're watching the uh, Yenung program, which is like the, I guess, you know, chat shows, reality shows, if you're watching K-drama, uh, maybe even in Korean movies, probably less so. It's it's the kind of thing that you will see when people are developing a relationship. So you'll see this pop up and they're like, let's chat casually. So, okay, let's do a little a little Korean lesson. So in Korean, there are levels of formality that are built into the language. So to strangers, as in people you don't know that you've just met, uh, or, you know, a service person, maybe the waiter or someone serving you, you are supposed to speak what is called jondemmal or formal language. And it is very polite a very polite way of speaking, but it also builds distance and I guess respect into the language that you're speaking. So basically things like your pleases and thank yous are automatically built in. That's probably the best way to describe it. Uh, in English, the most similar thing I can think of is it's the way that you would speak to a stranger on the phone, like very polite, very formal, like, oh, you know, I'm just wondering if it would be possible if we could change our booking. Thank you so much. You know, whereas to a friend, you'd be like, uh, you know, um, oi, let's change the dates on the booking. And the friend would be like, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, like you're not going to talk like that to uh, a stranger. So Korean basically has different verbs and different ways that you, uh, different words even that you will use to refer to things if you're speaking to someone in this really polite language. Uh, so basically what people are saying when they are suggesting, hey, let's lower our language or let's chat casually, they're trying to say, Let's speak to each other as though we are friends, family, or the same age as each other. So they're changing the verbs that they use to each other. And it's a way to kind of put them, I guess, on equal standing. So one person is not higher than the other, more senior than the other, or more worthy of respect, but they are the same. And that is, in Korea, just um, a very, very important part of Korean culture is that it's a hierarchical society. So the people at the top of the people that are in power, maybe your boss, maybe someone older than you, like your grandma or your grandpa, and you, to show respect to them, you need to talk to them in a respectful way, which is why we use formal language. But then to people that are younger than you, you don't need to show respect. So you can use a lot um, shorter language uh, and a different set of language to people like that. 
So I think this is a really hard thing for foreigners to get their head around. I remember when I first moved to Korea, I was like, well, I want to get close enough to as many people as possible so that I can speak uh, casual language to them. I can speak less formally. Uh, but, you know, over the years, I guess I've what I've realized is that, you know, there are some people that even though I could speak to them in pandemile, in like half language, that's literally what it translates to pandemile, um, you know, even though I could speak to them like that, I don't want to because I want them to know that I respect them and I see them on the same level as me. And in particular, I speak to my employees in Korea in Chondemar, even though I am their boss, I don't need to do that. I do it because I'm like, you know, I respect the work you're doing. I respect uh, you as a person. And I don't want to speak down to you when you have to speak up to me because I'm your boss. Like, I would like you to know that I think that you're worthy of respect. So there are a lot of bosses in Korea that don't do that, that they will speak down to their employees. And it very much changes the power balance and the power dynamics. So on these shows, when they are saying, hey, let's speak as though we're on the same level, it's to create close in the relationship is basically what they're saying. And on this show in particular, one of the rules is that they're not allowed to know how old each other is or what their job is. And I think part of the reason the producers did that is because if Koreans knew that about each other, automatically it totally changes the power dynamic, you know, who's the oldest, who's the youngest, who's in charge. So by saying, hey, you're not allowed to reveal this, it's actually very off-putting to a lot of Koreans because they're like, oh, well, I don't know. Are you more senior than me? Are you less senior than me? Like, So I think that's why they're suggesting to each other, hey, let's just chat with each other as though we are on the same level because we don't know if we are or not. So look, I that's just I thought that was such a great question. Uh so thank you to the follower that gave that question or that asked that question. I hope you don't mind me using it on the show, but I just thought it was a really good one. And something that other people might be uh curious about as well. Because it's yeah, you'll you'll notice that kind of thing a lot, just translations from Korean to English that don't make a lot of sense. Uh off the top of my head, another one that I can think of that used to really, really confuse me. Uh, If you watch a lot of drama, you'll know that, like, after people have been hanging out for a while, someone will say something like, uh, which is, like, translated in English to I'll leave first or I will go first. And I was like, what is that? Like, who says that? You're hanging out with someone, you're like, yep, I'm leaving first. It's like, okay, cool. Like, why? But I think the more realistic English translation will just be like, okay, I'm heading off or I'm heading out. I'm going to run, like that kind of thing. But you'll often see it literally translated to I will leave first, which just sounds a bit strange. So there are things like that that are just peculiarities of the language, I think, that, you know, don't translate as well in English. Uh, you know, Koreans will often ask, um, when you like greet them for the first time, which is literally, have you eaten? Now, if you are like, oh yes, I've eaten and this is what I ate, that's really weird because basically just what they're trying to say is like, hey, how's it, you know, how's it hanging? How's it going? Like, everything good? Whereas, you know, in English, if you respond to someone and start going, oh no, actually I've got a sore back and, you know, my, my cat died, people think that's a bit strange. Like, hey, I was just casually asking how you are and now you're actually answering me with like, you know, how you are. I don't actually want to know. It's just a greeting. 
it's the same kind of thing. So these are all just peculiarities. If you are watching a bit of Korean TV, just keep an ear out for them. You'll probably hear them and you hopefully will then know what they're talking about. Uh, so yeah, that was just something a bit different for the question of the week. If you guys have questions about like, Korean culture, shows you're watching or whatnot that you would like answered, let's do it on the show. It does not have to be skincare, makeup, hair, whatever related. It can be just more broadly about Korean language, Korean culture, culture um you know whatever whatever you guys want to know about korea living in korea life in korea hit me up i'm happy to chat through that on the show as well okay so the new product releases for this week i thought i might as well cover the ones that are now available in the states at veryshop.com which are from subi and jellyco so the product that you guys will now be able to shop um in the States. And of course, everyone can shop these on Style Story already. But if you are wanting, I guess, domestic shipping in the States, want to get your K-Beauty products a little bit quicker, you can check these out. So the products that they have are Subi Brightening Powder Cleanser. They've got the Subi Bare Skin Balm, the Hollow Dream Brightening Pore Minimizing Mask, Perfect Pimple Patch. And then from Jelly Co, they have Bubble Tea Steam Cream and also Cherry Blossom Sleeping Mask. So you've pretty much got an entire routine there that you can shop. Uh, a lot of these products I've spoken about at length on the show. So powder cleanser is obviously uh, uh, a two-in-one product, basically. It comes in a really, really fine powder. You foam it up in your hands and then you apply it to a damp face. And it works the same as a foam cleanser, uh, except it's a lot gentler. Uh, great for traveling. Obviously, a powder formula cannot squirt in your bag. Uh, it cannot go everywhere while you're traveling, which unfortunately happened to me on the way back from the States. Uh, I bought a new sunscreen and it exploded in my bag and it was a tinted sunscreen. So now it's gone everywhere and ruined one of my makeup bags. So that will not happen if you're using a powder cleanser. They are so good to travel with. Uh, bare skin balm, obviously a cleansing balm, perfect to use at your first step of your double cleanse routine. Hollow Dream Brightening Pore Minimizing Mask is another two-in-one product. It acts as a pore blurrer, so it blurs your pores by giving you this really nice, subtle, hollow glow, and then also obviously works to gently exfoliate the skin. Uh, and then Perfect Pimple Patch, uh, Pimple Patch Hydrocolloid Pimple Patch Treatment that can be used for whiteheads and things like that. Uh, so great if you get breakouts. My favorite way to use that when I'm doing my makeup is to put it over the top of makeup as well, uh, just so that it's less obvious. I find that because they're so flat and so thin, uh, you can barely see them on the skin, but I t tend to put them, if I've already done my makeup, over the top of the makeup just as like a concealer and you you cannot see the spot it's it's ve very barely visible so that is my little uh hack for how to get the best bang for buck out of your patches uh, and then obviously bubble tea steam cream is a moisturizer can be used day and night so i think it is a perfect product for people that have dull skin dehydrated skin dry skin mature skin Oily skin can use it, and I've had a couple of people ask me recently about um, steam cream for oily skin. I think two things I would recommend is a tiny, use just a tiny, tiny amount, maybe the size of your pinky finger, and I would probably start off 
using it just at night as a night cream see how you go it's probably going to be a little heavy for day for some people with oily skin and maybe too heavy uh, during the warmer months of the year so summer but just give it a try and see how you go I think there's no problem with using it at night though as kind of a night cream for uh, oilier skin though cherry blossom sleeping mask is obviously a jelly textured sleeping mask so perfect for all skin types uh, I would recommend to use it about two to three times a week, but you can use it more regularly if your skin is really dull, uh, dry, dehydrated. If you have mature skin or in winter, uh, in winter, I definitely bump up my sleeping mask use. You can even get away with doing it every single night, depending on where you're based. Sole here, really, really dry winter, long winter. So sleeping masks are an absolute godsend during Korean winter. Uh, but they are just some uh, products that you will now easily be able to get your hands on in the States if you are based in the States, which I know a lot of our listeners are. So that is all I had for you for this week. Uh, well, for this week's Tuesday episode, rather, for this week's uh, news headlines and newness drop. And then on Thursday, we will be back and we are chatting Korean beauty trends to watch out for in 2022. So make sure that you are subscribed so that you don't miss that one on Thursday. And I will chat to you then. 